further down the road in the Christmas season, uh, we will be finishing a journey together this morning in our value series. Before we get there, if you have a copy of Scripture, go ahead and open up to Genesis chapter 18. And while you're finding that passage in Genesis chapter 18, um, I want to just acknowledge just for a moment the opportunity that is on our horizon um, as we draw near to the end of 2019. Um, as I said last week, uh, about one-third of all charitable donations are gifted in the month of December um, for tax purposes as the year draws to an end. And, uh, and in years past, uh, we have given an opportunity that was very, very easy for everyone to, to make that charitable gift above and beyond directly to a Shannon Oaks Church Christmas offering. And this year, we're, we're shifting gears just slightly. Uh, it's not that we are uh, turning down the gifts that you want to offer, but we want to shift the culture away from need-driven generosity to faith-driven generosity. And, uh, and I realized something this week as I went to the grocery store, uh, as we do most weeks in the Godwin household, and, and we loaded up with a bunch of fresh fruit produce. Fresh being a term that I use loosely, but there is just nothing as good as some fresh fruit. Amen. So, some, some things that, that uh, are supplied to us on a regular basis that are just delicious. And I want to take a moment this morning and just look at some of the good fruit that we are enjoying as the family of Shannon Oaks Church in this season. Uh, first of all, just keeping it simple, right? The obvious, the identity of a road and trees that we didn't name or plant, right? Shannon Oaks Church. That's who we are as we come together this morning as this local body. Uh, we, we are a church body that, that wants deeper, life-giving truths and ways of God. And that's a fruit that we're enjoying the taste and the benefit of in this season. We have an environment where it's okay not to be okay. And many of you have, have stated that you love that about the authentic environment of Shannon Oaks Church. That's a fruit uh, that we enjoy today. Uh, an eternal hope, as we just sang about, a living hope that no matter what we're going through, no matter what we've endured, that the best is truly yet to come. And physically speaking, some of the fruit that we're enjoying in this season, we have, as the, the family of Shannon Oaks Church, we have over 40 acres of prime property of real estate here in Northeast Texas with just a fraction of debt remaining. And the list goes on and on and on. Why, why do you bring that up this morning? I want to be just honest together as we come to this point at the end of the year. Many of us are enjoying the fruits in this season of trees that we did not plant. Many of us are enjoying the fruits of of those who have gone before. And, and, and there's a Greek proverb that says a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in. I think that matches up with a Chinese proverb that says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. I believe that the message for us at Shannon Oak Church is very, very clear this morning. So in one season, for harvest in the next. We can't alter much in the way of this year's harvest, but we can influence next year's harvest. And I believe, Shannon Oak Church, that we have never been more ready as a family to sow for what is coming. 
So as you prayerfully as a family discern where and how to contribute at the end of this year, or maybe to begin to step out in faith and trust God and give for the very first time, I'm asking that you would consider sowing into the shift of this great culture of the family of Shandor's Church. Right. Now, this morning we wrap up our series called Values. And for those who are here for the first time this morning, you, you wonder what this is all about. We, we are pressing into eight principles that we're calling working values that will formatively influence our existence and our gatherings and the things that we consider to be priorities over this next season of life together. And these great working values have led us on a journey that we are here to culminate this morning. This is not the finish line. This is stepping fully over the starting line. And this morning, I want to point back one more time to the co-author data that you offered back to us as your leadership in the month of August. And from that data, for this morning's conversation, we heard you loudly and clearly say, Shannon Oaks Church, 68% of you believe that SOC equips for marriage somewhat well to very well. We heard somebody in authenticity and vulnerability completely and honestly disclose that our marriage is rocky at best. The children's ministry at Shannon Oaks Church helps us parent better. And there was somebody who said we need classes taught by older parents and older couples who have been there, done that, and been successful and willing to impart wisdom to those coming behind. From this data and much, much more, Shannon Oaks Church, your leadership has extracted our eighth working value that we're here to press into this morning. And I believe that this working value this morning is no more important than any of the others that we have addressed along the way. However, I think if there was a cornerstone piece to this picture, it would be the one that we're going to press into this morning. Our eighth working value says this, we value godly homes. Because God's design of faithful marriages and parenting reflect his image for future generations. Let me read that one more time, just because I, I just emphasize how important this one is in particular. We value godly homes because God's design of faithful marriages and parenting reflect his image for future generations. Just a little over a year ago, a father, young father, who has five children under the age of 10, was asked by his family what he wanted to do to celebrate his birthday this year. And so he thought long and hard, and, and he selected a, an activity and an environment that he knew would be conducive to enjoying and being with his family, which was honestly the most important thing to him. But this young man was not just any old young man. He was very much a follower of Jesus. In fact, he was a professor at a Christian university in our country. And as he announced that his family would be joining him at Chick-fil-A to celebrate his birthday dinner, as they overwhelmingly celebrated in joy and celebration of appreciation for dad's blessing to that family, they sat down and received their food and dad led his family in, in, in joining hands together 
And then immediately to his right, he asked his nine-year-old precious daughter if she would pray a blessing over their meal together. And so with all confidence swelling up in her, grabbing the, the family member's hand on either side, she bowed her head, she closed her eyes, and she opened her mouth and said these words. Dear Alexa, please bless the meal we're about to share together. And the table erupted in laughter. But at the same time, there was a blow to the gut that mom and dad realized and felt in that moment. Her family regularly talked to Alexa about important things in their life. And so in her brain, she had effectively bridged the opportunity to the source of Alexa. And for those who don't know and aren't familiar with Alexa, Alexa is an artificial intelligence device supplied by one of the, the, the nation's and world's largest retailers, Amazon.com. And it interacts and, and it engages with real living people in such a way that this young little girl had actually connected her to the source of everything that was good and great. Shannon Shirts, the winds of our culture are strong. And they're more pervasive now than they have ever been. We have families who are unable to escape the influence of the culture around them. And it is making a difference in and outside the church. And this precious little girl's innocent, innocent mistake is a humbling reality check for us of just how powerful the influence at home actually is. In fact, influence from the home is one of the most powerful forces on the planet throughout history in any sociological, geological context that you may find. The influence from the home is one of the most powerful forces on the planet. Think about it. You and I are here this morning living our lives the way we do today because of the way we were raised. It influences our decisions. It influences our behaviors, our responses, our relationships with others, and many, many more. Abraham Lincoln, one of the nation's greatest presidents, said it this way as he observed the, the strength of the home influence to the strength of a nation lies in the homes of its people. We look around us at the world we live in today and one of the things that we don't have to wait very long for or stretch very hard to see is the reality that we live in a world plagued by tragedy. And just in November of 2019 alone, these are some of the tragedies that we experience, right? The Dallas Cowboys lost three of their four games in one <laughs> I just had to make sure you guys were still with this one. On a far, far more serious note, in the month of November 2019, there were 32 mass shootings in the United States. Have you realized that our news media does not even report on these like they used to? Because they're becoming so common and frequent. There were over 3,000 drunk driving related deaths in the United States last month alone. 3,300 suicide deaths. 
5,700 drug overdose fatalities in the United States. All these are, are local to the United States of America. Get this, in the month of November 2019, almost 52,000 abortions in our country. 65,000 divorces in the United States of America. And as awful as these events and happenings are and the pain that they leave people wallowing in for days, weeks, months, years on end, today's tragedies, Shenandoah Church, are not the real tragedies. They are the fruit of of the real tragedy. And I'm not saying this to diminish the pain or the circumstance that somebody has gone through in, in a situation like I just described. But I want us to open our eyes to see that the fruit is not the real problem. The fruit is an indicator that there's a deeper problem. And the deeper problem, the real tragedy in our country today, Shenandoah Church, is this. The value of godly homes has diminished. Today, more than one in four children in America live in a fatherless home. That is more than 19.7 million children today in our neighborhoods, across the street, in our counties, across this nation. Now, I'm not saying that fatherless equates to ungodly, okay? That's not what I'm saying. This morning, I'm, I'm saying that God's design for the family has become inconvenient and unpreferred by the society that we're living in today. And we are reaping the consequences of such a dangerous decision. Now, here's why this is so unnerving. Here's why this is so problematic for the world and humanity as a whole. It is because... Godly homes, family, is God's premium design for the conduit of his blessing generation after generation. Looking back at Genesis chapter 1, God created. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, after he created man and, and woman, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Genesis chapter 2, the focus on creation of man uh, unfolds before us. And God placed him in a garden with a purpose, with some boundaries for life. And then he decided that it wasn't good for man to be alone. And so he establishes in his sovereignty and wisdom, he establishes the first family. Flip the page, Genesis chapter 3. The deceiver shows up. And he was already there. He was just waiting. He was waiting for that threat to become strong enough for him to rear his ugly head. And what was the threat that pushed him to the limit? The greatest threat to the enemy in the story of creation was not the power and authority that God had entrusted to Adam. It wasn't the place that Adam was made to work in, in the Garden of Eden, how lush. It wasn't jealousy that drove him to that point. It wasn't Adam's ability to abide by the boundaries that God had given him on how to experience the fullness of life for which he'd been created. It wasn't even a naked woman in the presence of a naked man that gave the enemy the permission to rear his ugly head. The enemy shows up only after the family is established, commissioned, 
and empowered to be all that God has created to be. Open our eyes this morning, Lord, and let us see that for the, the reality and the hope that you have given us. A godly home is still God's plan A for the world. Has been since the beginning and even still is today. Genesis chapter 18, I want to look at two verses as this story draws a spotlight to the man and in the person of Abraham, who for many, 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 many years, longer than anybody else in this room, went without the reality or the presence of family in the way of offspring in his life. But God had made a promise to him that he would be the father of many nations. In, in Genesis chapter 18, verses 18 and 19, the story says this, For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I, God speaking, have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. Now listen, there is so much that we could peel out of this passage right here. But for our conversation this morning, I want to just highlight a couple of things and lay a foundation for this conversation in our time together today. The first one is this, that Abraham was singled out by God. You know what that tells me about godly homes and families by God, that live in alignment to God's design? Is they are and will be the minority. God looked at the landscape and said, there's a man who can lead his family to influence them in the way that I have created them to be a family. Abraham was singled out. And he also says that there is a special blessing for, for those that live in alignment with God's plan A for godly homes. Because as he talked about Abraham being faithful and training his sons and their families in righteousness... He says, and then I will, I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. There's a special blessing when we walk in alignment with God's design and purpose for the family. And we have evidence of Abraham living this out in, in just a few pages over in Genesis chapter 22. In verses 6 and 7, as Abraham, in, in the very familiar story, as Abraham is leading his son Isaac, the one that he had waited for all of his life. For him to call him dad. He waited. He walked with Isaac and he, and he left behind the servant and the donkey. And he said, come on, son, we're going to go. We're going to go on a three-day journey. We're going to go worship. Abraham, in Genesis chapter 22, was living out the expectation of alignment with God's design for family that we just read in Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 22, verse 6 and 7 says this. So Abraham placed the wood... For the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? Again, there are so many things that this passage yields to us in the way of truth and knowledge and wisdom about God's plans for our life. But this morning in the conversation of godly homes, I want us to see that, that Abraham, as evidenced in Genesis chapter 22, Abraham had trained his boy in what worship was. Isaac didn't, didn't question him about how important 
this was. Dad, do we really have to go to worship? Yeah, he, 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 he followed in obedience. It didn't say he whiningly complied and wished his preferences were otherwise. Never once did Isaac complain about the journey to worship. He himself had been instructed and taught to perceive the value of it. Abraham had trained Isaac how to engage in worship. Isaac knew what was necessary, the components that, were, that would complete the offering of the sacrifice to God. And we know that because Isaac asked Abraham, Dad, where's the, where's the sheep? Oh, we have everything else, but, but where's the, the actual animal that we're going to offer as a burnt offering? He knew how to engage, and he definitely knew who to worship because Abraham, even in that encounter and conversation, Abraham told his son, our father God is going to provide. He knew who he was there to worship. Now I want to ask a question. In light of the creation account, God's design for family, in light of the reality that the enemy shows up after the family is established and empowered, and then we see Abraham living God's redemptive plan for all of creation, what would have happened if the original family would have never gotten off track? Would we, would we know church how we know church today? God in his redemptive, sovereign plan, knowing that family was his plan A, set a plan in motion to redeem, not replace his plan A. When Jesus commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and make disciples, that was a plan of redemption, not replacement for the, the physical family, the building block of society. God breathed life into a new family in order to redeem the physical family. Don't be deceived this morning, Shenandoah Church. Godly homes are not small groups of people who adjust their schedules once a week in order to remain in good graces. That doesn't represent God's plan and design for godly homes. Godly homes are small groups of people whose sole existence is centered on the good father of grace, who pursue his heart, who follow where he leads in faith, even when they can't see, even when they don't know, who celebrate the true hero and provider as the source of everything that is good and life. And all throughout Scripture, God sprinkles through His plan, His original plan A of the family. And we see God glimpses of God's heart for godly homes. We see instructions that are given to parents on how to, how to raise and how to steward your children for God's glory. We see instructions that are given to a husband and a wife on how to, to live in such a way that you demonstrate and you represent to the surrounding world the love that Christ has for the church. We even see the opportunity for grandparents to influence and leave legacies for those that are coming behind. And the way for that family to honor and respect and, and uphold the value and the wisdom that they bring to the family unit. I want to ask a question this morning as we bring this series to a, to a close. If you don't have a copy yet of the Working Values card, I encourage you to pick one up. There's still several out there at the Connect Central uh, desk as you leave today. 
But I want to ask you personally, what would happen if over the next year, throughout the course of 2020, you and your household made these working values for Shannon Oaks Church the working values for your family? What would happen if your family chose to, to value and uphold unity because we know that we are strongest as one in Christ? What would that do for the, the atmospheres of division that bring destruction in our homes? What would happen when our families value the Bible because it reveals God and his plan for our lives? When we value strong leadership because the church and our families must, must grow and move forward? When we value equipping the saints because we serve God as king and this is his kingdom that we're building. When we value sharing the gospel because the world is in need of hope and salvation, even those in our very homes and dwelling places. The power of prayer because God gives supernatural things through his children. And the value of worship because we have all we need when God draws Near. Can, I, can I offer to you, as you follow that rabbit trail this morning and that, that journey and dream of what your family would look like, what your household would look like as you would bring those into a, a valued place in your family? Can I suggest that you're going to end up with a godly home? Because when you put those things that exalt and honor and lift up the name and the purposes of Christ, you find that it overflows and overwhelms the environments that you live in and breathe in. Where God's principles and designs are honored and upheld in the home, the kingdom of darkness better watch out. We live in a world that has diminished the value of godly homes. Psalms 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. Can I just remind us this morning, Shenandoah Church, that there is no other plan for success in the family other than God's plan. This morning, men, husbands, fathers, grandfathers, women, wives, Moms, grandma, can I encourage you to open your eyes and see what God has called you to and entrusted to you in his design and gift of the family, not just for your good, but for the good of those around you and the glory of God in this world. I believe it's time that, that in the, the shifting winds of our culture, I believe it's time for the wind of the Spirit to be the dominant wind that blows through our families in and through our homes to lead us and to shape us, to compel us, and to blow away the things that just don't matter so that we can give Him everything that He deserves. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15 says this as we bring this service to a close today. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. 
except there is a, an exclamation point at the end of that sentence there. So I think in other terms that are probably more effectively translated and interpreted of the heart behind this, you may follow whomever you may please. There are many gods that you choose and can choose to worship in the world that we live in. You may lay your hearts and your hands to things of this world that do not matter and won't last beyond your time that you give to it. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What would happen? What would happen if that was an accurate declaration of our hearts? What would happen to the way we live our lives together as families? What would happen this holiday season and beyond if we were only as intentional about leading and influencing our children and grandchildren and spouses as we are about locating the right Christmas gifts that will bring the joy and smile to the hearts and faces. There's something else that, that God weaves through the pages of Scripture that, that speak to the value and the depth of Godly homes. And it is this, that, that as you get through the New Testament into the later books and, and, and letters that are represented there, you find that the foundation of godly homes becomes the foundation for godly churches. The people and the leaders who, who lead and influence and, and, and mold the, the environments of their households to, to declare that this is God's plan A for redeeming and restoring creation. We begin to see that those people those people are looked up and looked at and called out as elders and leaders of the church because godly homes build godly churches.